Welcome to EM Guidewire, brought to you by the emergency medicine residents and faculty at Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome to the Toxidome, where your friendly neighborhood toxicologist clashes with poisons and venoms in a battle for life and death. Welcome to this week's Toxidome. Brought to you by the EM Guidewire team from the Carolina's Medical Center EM Group. Today we have myself, Kyle Rodersheimer, Sean Murray, Joanna Kreefel, Kathy Kopak. Thanks everybody for joining. Today's episode is brought to you by Nomograms, making doctors seem like they know how to read graphs that aren't bar graphs. Nomograms. Want to give a warm welcome back to the show, Dr. Kopak. She's not our resident expert, but rather our attending toxicology expert. We will be focusing on another classic emergency medicine topic, acetaminophen overdose. Really excited to be here. Acetaminophen is such a fun topic. I know. I'm thrilled. I think we should work through three different case scenarios. That's always the best way to learn a difficult topic for me. APAP overdose isn't really that straightforward as obtaining a level and using the nomogram, unfortunately. I was thinking we could walk through the following three scenarios we are likely to see in the ED. Number one, a known APAP ingestion presenting less than three hours after ingestion. The second, a known APAP ingestion greater than 12 hours from ingestion time. And then number three, an unknown APAP or co-ingestion greater than 36 hours from ingestion. Sounds like plan. Okay, so let's get started with the first case. A 28-year-old female presents with nausea two hours after ingesting, quote, 50 of the big Tylenol tablets, quote. She endorses suicidal intent. Vital signs are stable. Okay, this seems bad, but I forget why. Dr. Kopech, can you remind us why acetaminophen overdose is so harmful? Sure. It really has to do with the metabolism of acetaminophen. Acetaminophen is metabolized through three different pathways, conjugation with gluconeride or sulfate, or by the CYP450 system, specifically 2E1. It is that pathway through 2E1 in the CYP450 system that creates NAPKE, which is the toxic metabolite. In therapeutic dosages, there is always a small amount of NAPKE that is metabolized, However, our body has mechanisms in place to assist in conversion of that to non-toxic metabolites. However, in overdose, more of the drug is metabolized through the P450 system, and NAPKE exceeds the liver's ability to detoxify it, which leads to hepatotoxicity. I seem to remember something about glutathione. How does that play into all of this? Glutathione plays a key role in detoxification of NAPKE. In overdose, our glutathione stores are depleted, and NAPKE can now cause cellular toxicity and damage. Man, but I really like acetaminophen. How much can I take before I worry about hepatotoxicity? Well, the maximum recommended dose of acetaminophen is 75 mg per kg in children, or 4 grams in adults, although recently it was just suggested that that be moved down to 3 grams in adults. Acute toxic doses are considered when you have more than 7 grams in one day, or 150 mg per kg in an adult, or more than 200 mg per kg for a child. It's also important to remember that acetaminophen is often hidden in a lot of combination medications such as with other opiates, with antiemetics, or in cough and cold preparations. So you have to take that amount into consideration as well. So the patient we just talked about really didn't have any symptoms other than nausea. Is that normal? What things should we be looking for on exam if they don't flat out tell us they ingested acetaminophen? Well, history is really going to be key if you can get an accurate one. The first stage of acetaminophen toxicity is really pretty asymptomatic. Some things that do show up are nausea, mild vomiting, and abdominal pain, but there isn't a classic toxidrome. So I've got a patient with a known acetaminophen overdose, or at least ingestion. What are my first couple of steps in managing this patient in the emergency department? 
Well, your goal is going to be to try to prevent absorption, prevent metabolism to those toxic metabolites, and therefore prevent hepatic toxicity. Activated charcoal is best implemented within the first one to two hours of an ingestion, so this patient should probably be given a dose. And doesn't acetaminophen have an antidote? What about NAC? How do we decide to give it? And what other tests should we obtain on the patient's arrival? The decision to start N-acetylcysteine or NAC is really dependent on the clinical scenario, acetaminophen level, and LFTs. This patient presented two hours after an ingestion. So ideally, you would not want to check an acetaminophen level until four hours post-ingestion. That's when you would be able to plot that level or result on the rumec matthew nomogram and determine if the patient fell above or below the treatment line. If they were above the treatment line on the nomogram, which is 150 micrograms per ml, then you would start N-acetylcysteine or NAC. Other labs that might be helpful would be things like a BMP, LFTs, PTINR, and if you were concerned for other ingestions, possibly levels of those agents if obtainable. Boom. NAC. I always envision this as the superhero of antidotes. How does it even work? NAC is a pretty cool antidote, Kyle. It works through various mechanisms, including limiting the formation of NAPKI, it's a glutathione precursor, and it's a free radical scavenger. Ideally, we'd want to administer it within eight hours of an ingestion, thereby preventing toxicity. However, it's never too late to give NAC. If you give it after eight hours, you're simply treating the toxicity. As far as the dosing or administration route, for the sake of brevity, I would refer everyone to their local hospital or poison center because there are various protocols on regimens that are possible. All right. I'd say that was a pretty good start. Let's summarize, though. For acute ingestions, obtain baseline labs and a four-hour APAP level. Administer activated charcoal in appropriate patients and use the nomogram to make a decision about NAC. I feel like I've got a pretty good grip on this, but like most topics we talk about, I'm worried that this is about to get a little more complicated. Yeah, I agree. Not all cases are that straightforward. Let's take a look at a second case. How about a 37-year-old male who presents 12 hours after ingesting 100 pills of 325 milligrams of Tylenol? Can we give charcoal, NAC, when and what interventions should we think about? This patient's already passed the 8-hour ideal starting time for NAC treatment and ingested a significant amount of acetaminophen, so I would start NAC immediately. You should obtain an APAP level, LFTs, coags, and a BMP. The LFTs and coags may not have started to elevate yet, but it's ideal to have a baseline to start with. You could still plot the APAP level that you get back on the rumec matthew nomogram though, because if you have a known ingestion time of 12 hours before, you would just plot it at the 12-hour mark and see if it crossed the line. Remember that the rumec matthew nomogram was created to be used with a single one-time ingestion of acetaminophen. So this patient's telling me that he took a single large dose of acetaminophen. What if I can't get a good history or I'm worried about other co-ingestants? Well, if there's concern for co-ingestions, you always want to look for clinical toxicity that might explain another type of drug particularly if a co-ingestion is one that may slow down gut motility. Um, the patient's not already having severe vomiting, you've listened, they have good bowel sounds, and they're protecting their airway, you could consider adding activated charcoal to this patient at this point in time. Ideally, we like to give it within two hours of ingestion, but the clinical scenario can call for its delayed use at times. Then this patient will need to get admitted to your hospital and follow your hospital's NAC protocol for further management and laboratory trend assessment. Okay. Let's move on to a third scenario. Let's say you have a 22-year-old male that presents a day and a half after an ingestion of an unknown amount of pills. Per police report, there were two empty bottles of acetaminophen as well as multiple other empty prescription bottles on the floor of his apartment. The patient comes in and is diaphoretic, ill-appearing, and somnolent. You're unable to get any other history from the patient. This does not seem good. This patient may actually be in liver failure, right? What things should I do in this scenario? NAC right away, activated charcoal, yes, no, maybe? 
Well, why don't you take a step back and calm down for a second, Kyle? Fine. You start treating this patient like any other patient in your emergency department. ABCs and immediately fixable causes like hypoglycemia, hypoxia. Ideally, if EMS brought in all the bottles of the medications, that could help you as well because you might be able to identify some of the clinical presentation you're seeing or get some more information about what other drugs might have been ingested besides just the acetaminophen. When would we expect liver failure from an APAP ingestion anyway? Is a day and a half really enough time? It's absolutely possible that this patient's clinical picture is from an acetaminophen overdose. However, usually fulminant liver failure, stage 3 of acetaminophen toxicity, does not occur until 72 to 96 hours after ingestion, but this patient definitely sounds like he's heading there. NAC administration is indicated immediately in this patient, even if you get back a acetaminophen level of zero. This is where your AST, ALT, coags might be helpful, because you may see a negative APAP level, but have elevated LFTs. Ideally, you're also going to want to check a VBG, a, a BMP for renal function, or an anion gap, and an EKG. The most important thing to know, though, is that it's never too late to start NAC. As I've said before, we give it before eight hours because we want to prevent toxicity, but giving it after eight hours is now treating the toxicity that's present, even if you have a negative APAP level. How do we know when a patient is a candidate for a liver transplant? Do we have criteria for this? Well, there is the King's College criteria that's often used by inpatient teams to determine liver transplant candidacy along with the POCHI scoring. It's something to know about, but not something in ED that we regularly encounter. However, liver transplant capabilities of your facility may play a role in the disposition from the emergency department. So being aware of what options you have at your hospital is important when treating this patient and deciding whether they need to stay at your hospital or you need to transfer them to a facility that could do a liver transplantation if necessary. I feel like I have a better grasp of all of this. Thank you, Dr. Kopeck, for your toxicological wisdom. Yeah, I sure am glad that you're on the other end of the line when I call the Poison Center. Before we go, let's review some of the key points that we talked about today. In an acute ingestion with a known time of ingestion, get that APAP level four hours post-ingestion and plot it on the RUMAC Matthew nomogram to determine treatment needs with NAC. If the patient presents with a large ingestion past eight hours, start NAC in the ED and get an APAP level, LFTs, and coags. Remember, it's never too late to give NAC. Treating before eight hours post-ingestion prevents toxicity. If you choose to treat after eight hours, you're treating the toxicity itself. Always be sure to consider an occult APAP overdose in all patients with intentional overdose, chronic pain, or unexplained hepatitis. All right, that's a wrap at the J. Lee Garvey Innovation Studios at Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. This is EM Guidewire. Thanks for listening to EM Guidewire. Go! Be awesome today. Seems he out. Toxidome.